Welcome to Granite State Golfers with Micah. I'm an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Episode 2 features my conversation with Tara Watt, who has won many tournaments in New Hampshire, including the last two mid-ams. I really enjoyed my conversation with Tara, and in particular, learning how she approaches her practices. We also bonded over a particular club in the bag. I hope you enjoy. So Tara, it's nice to meet you. Welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So reading a little bit about your background, you grew up in the Conway area, is that right? Yes, um, I moved up there in eighth grade. So I did eighth grade and then um, high school at Kennett. Okay. And when did you start really getting into golf? Did you play in high school? Um, so my freshman year in high school, they didn't have a golf team. Um, and I was kind of, I dabbled a little bit. I had a family friend um, who was a golfer and I was one of those kids that every sport that I picked up, I was good at. So he was like, she's going to play golf. There's tons of opportunity. So um, he took me to the range a couple of times, but I didn't really do anything that serious. And then um, my sophomore year, they, um, Kennett High School added the golf team. So, and I didn't really have a fall sport. Um, I played basketball and I did track and field. So it was, you know, just kind of, I had nothing to do. So to fill the gap, I joined the golf team my sophomore year. And what's the, what was the home course for your high school team? Uh, North Conway Country Club. Okay. That's a course I've not yet played. What, tell, tell me a little uh, bit about that course. Oh my gosh. All right. You go to that course like today after this interview, <laughs> drive up there. Actually, I don't even think they're open yet, but um, I, and not just because I grew up there, but it is probably top three in New England. Like one of my favorite wow. courses. Um, number one, the views are spectacular. You step on the first tee and you can see like the mountains around you. There's the Conway Scenic Railroad. It's kind of funny that the, the uh, railroad tracks are right in front of the first tee. So there's times where, you know, you're teeing off and all of a sudden you hear the train and you got to stop or you're like, or oh, do I go? And it's kind of <laughs> like a game. Um, but there's times where people have to wait for the train to come through. Um, but the views are amazing. And the golf course is just my type of golf course. It's wide open. Um, you know, I'm an amateur player. I'm not a professional. So sometimes I can hit the ball left or right. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> on that course, you can hit it left and right and still make birdie and par. Um, there's only a couple holes like the left. Uh, the first couple holes, you cannot go left because it's out of bounds. But other than that, it's wide open. Um, and it's just a beautiful course. I just absolutely love it. Well, I'll add that to my summer bucket list to get to this this year. I've heard great things about it. And um, now you're, you're definitely convincing <laughs> me to go play it. Yeah, yes, it is awesome. I love it. And so you started playing your sophomore year and how did your team do, you know, through your high school years? Uh, yeah. So I joined the, well, brand new team. So um, we just kind of had tryouts and I was the only girl. I was the only girl all three years, um, which I kind of find it's, you know, 20 something years later. Um, I talked to a bunch of the junior girls and that's kind of still a thing. So the girls are playing with the boys. There's, I don't even know if there's a high school in New Hampshire that has an all girls team, um, wow. but it is, you know, that's, there's not a lot of, junior girl golfers, which is something that I hope grows in the future. But um, so played with the boys. I made the team um, sophomore year and we kind of had, we had, a, um, I think we had one or two guys that were pretty decent golfers. Um, so we had a, an okay team. Um, I don't remember us ever, I think we made it to States, but I don't think we ever won. Um, 
but they have the girls have a separate um, championship. So the high school, uh, the girls, they play at Campbell Scottish Highlands every year. And to this day, um, dating myself, 25 years later, however many years later, they still play the championship at Campbell Scottish Highland in Salem. Um, so I competed in that in my sophomore, junior and senior year. So um, I think, gosh, my sophomore and junior year, I think I came in seventh and I actually won the state championship my senior year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my name is on that trophy. It says oh, 2001. Great. So <laughs> quite, quite a few years ago, but it's on there. Now, when you, so as you get out of high school and thought about college, were you motivated to go keep playing competitive golf while you were in college? And did that, did that sort of shape what kind of college search you did? Yeah. So funny part about that. Um, golf was one of those sports when I started playing, I was terrible at it like whiffs left and right on the range. And it was so frustrating for me, but it's also one of those things where I was like, I got home and I was like so mad because I couldn't get it. And then I was like, I can't get this, but I need to, because I'm, you know, I'm good at other things. So I can be good at this. So it was kind of like a little driver for me to like keep practicing. Um, but I was really good at basketball. I was a really great track and field. I, I was a thrower, really good, had some offers and I didn't want anything to do with golf. Um, and my mom kind of sat me down and was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, you're, you're good at basketball and you're good at track and field, but that's not going to, you know, take you anywhere after college. And, you know, golf is something that you can play until you're 90. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, business deals made on the golf course. It's just a lot of opportunity. So she's like, let's really consider this. And, and then I was like, Oh, fine, I guess I'll go play golf. <laughs> and you know what? Always listen to your parents because it was such a great decision. And I knew that, um, you know, growing up in New England, we can't play golf for, you know, five months out of the year. So, and I really wanted to go far. I wanted to go away. Like I lived in New Hampshire my entire life. Um, this is, you know, a chance to go somewhere. So I knew I wanted to go down South somewhere, definitely wanted to keep it East coast. Um, but I ended up down in, North Carolina at Gardner-Webb University and had four amazing years um, that I still talk about to this day. So very happy that I listened to my mother's advice. <laughs> and, and tell me about the university and what other schools you're competing against and how was, how was your collegiate career? How did your, how'd your team do? Yeah, so um, for this is kind of everyone's like, how'd you end up in North Carolina? So growing up, huge basketball person, loved Michael Jordan obsessed with them, found out he went to the University of North Carolina. So I became like a huge North Carolina fan. So I was like, I'm going to go down to North Carolina. Um, so I was mainly looking at schools in North Carolina. Um, I applied to Gardner-Webb and then I applied to Coastal Carolina, which is in Myrtle Beach. And I knew that like Gardner-Webb is smaller. Coastal Carolina was more of like a bigger school, a lot more distractions. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I ended up going with Gardner-Webb. Loved the coach. Um, he's still the coach to this day. T. Burton, great guy. Um, super nice family. I'm still keeping in touch with them. Um, so I ended up going down there and, um, I played all four years on varsity. Um, I don't, I think I missed only one match. Um, but it was such an amazing experience and we played all year long. So it was, you know, a, a juggle with my classes and, you know, practicing and traveling and cause we played in Florida Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. So, and we didn't fly anywhere. We took a van everywhere. Um, so, and it was, you know, we got back second week in August and we were on the course pretty much six days a week. Um, 
but I got to play amazing golf courses. I think I played a couple that the senior PGA plays. Um, it was just, it was such a great experience. So I'm, I'm very thankful. And, and, uh, like I said, I, I still talk about it to this day. So it was great. Were there any, uh, particular tournaments or rounds that stick out with you from your college college years? Yeah. So, so I actually won a tournament once, which was awesome. Um, that was fun. I just, it was one of those things. I was a two day tournament and everything was going well. And to the point where I think I had four holes left and like, I knew I was doing well. I think I was in second place after the first day and I was playing with the girl that was in the lead and I knew I was ahead of her. And I was like frantically waving my coach down because I, the nerves were setting in. Cause I was like, this is going just way too well. Like something's going to happen. Like the wheels are going to call <laughs> off, fall off. I'm going to lose this. And I'm like, help. So he walked me in the last three holes. And I think I had one like weird swing. Cause it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And then I ended up winning. So that was obviously exciting. Um, and then I actually, <laughs> probably the funniest memory was we were playing a tournament down in Alabama and my two best friends to this day, um, they were the number one and number two players. And I was number three. So I went off, teed off before them and they were going off after me, um, but they sent half the field off the front and half the field off the back. So we were starting on number 10, which was a par three. Um, and I get up there, I swing and it was not a great shot. I think it was like a little low stinger. And I was like, oh gosh, like, what was that? Next thing you know, it's in the hole. <laughs> and I just like jumped up and did this like weird jump. And again, to this day, I get made fun of for the hole in one jump. <laughs> Uh, but it was just cool. To, my coach was there, my two best friends, um, one of my best friend's dad, who I still talk to to this day. So I think I went on to double the next hole. So we brought it back to even, right, right. But, um, <laughs> but still a cool memory. The um, One of the things I did want to talk to you about, um, which which you mentioned about the nerves, you know, you had three or four holes to go and you could feel yourself getting nervous. You know, that, that golf is, you know... <laughs> can do that to you, right? It's a really nerve wracking game, especially when there's, you know, some stakes on the line that could even be a weekend match with your friends, you know, and wanting to do well and wanting to win. But, you know, what, what have you learned from those years as a college golfer to where you are now in your golf career and all the tournaments you've played in? What sort of key things have you learned about how to manage your nerves when you're playing? Yeah. Um, so thankfully now when I play in big tournaments, I have one of my best friends, Bob Mickle, he's my caddy. Um, and honestly, he comes out every big tournament with me and we very seldom talk golf. So it's like, I take my mind off of it because it's like the more that I think about it, the more I get in my own head. Uh, but he does, he does help me with my game. You know, we'll look at a shot and I'll tell him what I think I'm thinking and he'll be like, yep, that's it. Commit. Um, but I've just, I've actually been reading a lot of books about the mental part of the game. I'm reading a book right now. Um, gosh, I think it's called every shot matters. Um, it's about golf 54, which Annika Sorenstam kind of came up with. And it's like, you know, the, the thought is you go out and you play and there's no way, like you should be able to shoot a 54, which is 18 under, you should be able to birdie every hole. Um, and it's all about just that, that one shot that you're hitting. That's the only shot you should be thinking about. And, you know, I just winning helps. Um, I will tell you once I won the state am that was kind of like a big, you know, I took a big breath and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can be here. Yep. Um, so knowing that, you know, you're, you're going to be playing in big tournaments and there's going to be a lot of really great players there, but just talking to yourself, positive affirmations, like, Hey, you're here. You deserve to be here. You won before you can do it again. Um, but it's just 
lessening the negativity on the golf course. Um, I've definitely come a long way in that aspect of my game. Cause I remember as a, a young junior golfer getting mad and, you know, having just a little hissy fits and it's embarrassing to think about now, but I was just immature and didn't know. Um, and you know, it's just, like I said, it's just, I, I talk to myself out there and it's like, okay, I, I talk about the shot and it's like, okay, you can hit this. You have this club, you know, you have the shot, just follow through, you know, and good thoughts. So I, I think that's helped me a lot. And like I said, I've been reading a bunch of books about it. So just other learning other tools from other people and, and how they do it too helps. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And the, the, the one piece that resonates a lot with me that I'm trying to work on is that just the current shot. And if it's a bad shot, move on. Don't, don't let that linger into that next shot and just get present as you can for that next shot. Yeah. And exactly to build on top of that is kind of what I tell my players, like we're going to have bad shots. So you hit that bad shot, you get up to the next where you're at and how could you need to, from that shot, you get a lesson. Okay. What's the smartest play to get myself out of trouble. Yeah. Like you can't be the hero all the time. Sometimes yeah. you get a punch out and think, okay, we're making a bogey here and we're moving on. Yeah. So instead of making a triple, we're going to, you know, do the smart thing and make it, make a bogey yeah. here. Yeah. Good advice. So. After college, do you come back to New Hampshire? Yeah. So I stayed down in North Carolina for two years. Um, I loved it down there. I wasn't ready to come home, but I really wasn't doing anything. Um, so I came back to North Conway, moved back in with mom, uh, went to grad school, got my master's. Um, and then it, from there, it was just kind of like, okay, what do I do now? And that's how I came down to Manchester. Um, I actually really wanted to work in sports my whole life. So I got a job with the Manchester Monarchs. Um, just like a weekend or job, I was game day promotions, which I thought, you know, I'll climb the ladder. Uh, but then I soon realized that they work like 65 hours a week and <laughs> nights and weekends. And I was like, okay, I don't want to work this much. That's not good for our golf schedule. No, exactly. <laughs> so, um, then I got my first, I call it my first real big job, um, working my nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, so I've been down in Manchester since 2008 and I love it here. I bought a house. So that's what I kind of, my Monday through Friday job, I'm in sales now. Um, so that's kind of flexible, especially yep. I've been working from home because of COVID. So yep. it's nice. Moving into some of the tournaments in the state that you've played in and that you've won, um, you've got an impressive resume. I, hopefully I've captured here the big ones, but please let me know if I miss any other, other ones. So you first win the stadium title in 2011. And then you won it again in 2017, 2020, and you're currently the two-time defending champion of the Mid-Am tournament. So five big tournaments, but I might have missed some others. Well, so the 2017, I don't know. That's I did not win that year. Okay. Um, somebody else had that. I don't know. I think that maybe St. A's got that wrong. Okay. Um, but I get, I, yeah, so 2011, 2020, and then I got two runner-ups in the stadium and then the mid-am twice. And then I won the match play last year, which is the first time I played in it. And I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of wins over a, a, a 10 plus year uh, stretch of, of those tournaments. Is there one that really stands out that you could tell us a little bit about how it unfolded? Uh, yeah, I think, um, well, obviously the first win, like I said, that was a huge confident boost. So 2011, um, at the golf club in new England, which is a very challenging track, yeah. um, kind of played to my advantage because it plays a little long and I hit the ball really far off the tee. Um, but I honestly, I had no idea coming into 18 that I was tied for the lead. Um, and I was just kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think the 17th hole the day before I made like a triple on it. 
it's a little par three and I hit it in the water and then chunked it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I birdied it on the last day. So I was like, woo, a four shot difference. And I was all excited. (laughs) And I was just trying to get into the clubhouse and I walked off the 18th green, went to go put my clubs in my car. And they were like, wait, I was like, wait for what? (laughs) And they're like, you're tied for the, you're tied. And I said, I'm tied for what? (laughs) They're like, you're tied for the lead. And I was like, what? And then the group that came in, which was the final group, they all bogeyed the last hole and I ended up winning by one shot. So I was just kind of like, wow. Um, so that was great. The first win is something that, I mean, I'll always remember that. It was yeah. awesome. But and again, I, like I said, it was, you know, I, I, I belong, I can do this. And, you know, I'm like, I'll do it again. And it was a little nine years later, but I did win the stadium again. And then a couple of mid in um, under my belt. But I would say the one that was probably my one of my best victories was the first mid-am that I played in because I ended up, I think I had a one-shot lead. It's a two-day tournament. And then going into 18, I was playing with Dana Harity, who was an amazing decorative New Hampshire golfer. She's won like 15 stadiums, New England's. She's just an amazing player. Um, her and I ended up being tied, so we had to go into a playoff. So, and here I am, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm playing Dana Harity in a playoff. Um, what's, the, what's the format for the playoff? Um, so it's just sudden death. So we went to the first hole and until somebody wins. Okay. Um, and so everybody's there watching and it's just like, oh my gosh, here we go with the nerves. You know, I don't care who you are. You're going to have nerves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and I had Bob with me, my caddy. Um, so we were just like deep breaths, you know, I, I belong here. You got this. So the first hole is a par five and I hit the driver and Dana hit a driver and then she laid up and then she hit her third shot to like, I don't know, three feet. And I'm like, oh man, and I'm like, that's a guaranteed birdie. And so here I am, I'm going for it in two. And I hit it left of the green. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm like, this is going to be one of the hardest up and downs made up and down. We both have the hole with birdie. And I ended up beating her on the third hole, um, the par three. So it was just like, oh my gosh, like I beat Dana Harity, right. <laughs> you right. know, like that's huge. What, what course was that at? Uh, Peas. Okay. Yep. So that was, um, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. What, what is the format for for the stadium title? Is it the stroke play to then set up the match play brackets? Uh, no. So we do it a little different. Um, we're just three days of stroke play. Okay. So we, I think we normally do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so they send you out based off your handicaps. And then after each day they regroup you. Um, so just three days, 54 holes, yep. low, low score wins. Now looking at the tournament schedule this year, um, you must be excited about where the uh, mediums being played. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. And also kind of like, Oh man, cause there's a lot of pressure when it's at your home course. Right. You know, if you win, it's like, well, yeah, she should have. And if you don't, <laughs> It's like, well, why didn't you win? <laughs> so, you know, it's tough. You know, it's like when I just had this conversation with someone the other day, it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good golfer and I pride myself in that, but it's like, there's a lot of expectations and people just, think that you should win everything all the time. And then when you don't, you get people reaching out to you like, Oh, what happened? What happened? And it's like, man, give me a break. Like, you know, I'm not a professional here and everybody has bad days. Those people need to be ignored. Yeah, exactly. But it's hard. You know, it's, you put pressure on yourself and it's like, like I said, you know, it's like people are always watching and and talking, but I just am like, I love golf so much. And it's like, I do it for myself. I, I just am out there for, for me. And, you know, and I'm a, a mentor to a bunch of young girls and, you know, hopefully doing that role well and, and showing them that, you know, you got to put yourself out there yep. and it's, people are always going to talk and 
there's always going to be competition and you're not going to win everything, but there's every round that you play, you learn something from. Yep. And the stadium this year is at Concord, which is one of my favorite courses in the state. Yes. Um, and actually when I was coaching at Southern New Hampshire university, that was our home course. So I've actually oh, wow. played it a bunch in the oh, last good. few years. And I absolutely love that course too. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, that's a great course. Yep. Um, let's detour a little bit. You've recently been named the head coach for the golf team at St. Anson college. Congratulations. Thank you. And when, when does that team get going and start competing? Yeah. So brand new program. Um, so going from the bottom up, um, I have no players. Um, I was hired in, let's, it was like August 30th. So let's say September, um, to be the first head coach, which is like my dream job. Um, so I've been recruiting since then, um, just reaching out to every girl <laughs> that was a senior in high school that knows how to swing a golf club. Um, I obviously want, you know, good players, but we need a team. So um, I just, I'm looking for girls that are, you know, dedicated and they want to give 110%. Um, I always say like, I don't care if you're a scratch golfer or if you're a 20 handicap, if you're going to give me the same amount of effort and time on the range, then come on over. Um, so I've got two girls who I've given um, national letters of intent to that have signed. So we've got two official um, and then I've got three other that are very, they're not official. So I can't say that I have five, but I'm, I'm very optimistic that they're going to be on the team too. Um, and then I actually have a couple girls who are already students um, who have reached out to me saying that they've played golf before. Um, and then I'm working on another. So we will hit the ground running in September um, and be competing for the first time, which I am super excited about. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that and good luck in the season next year. Thank you very much. So one of the, one of the topics I wanted to ask you about is take uh, an amateur golfer who's, I don't know, handicap is somewhere around maybe an eight, nine or 10, and they've never played in any serious tournament. They've not played in their club championship. They've not played in, you know, a, a mid-am tournament, but they're thinking about it, but they're scared because golfers get scared of doing that. And as you mentioned, putting yourself out there can be scary for some people, but for a golfer like that, who is thinking about playing in a tournament, what advice would you have? You got to rip the bandaid off. <laughs> you got to do it. Sign up. Um, even if it's not, I mean, you know, like you said, the recreational golfer, the, the big tournaments that you're going to play in are at your local club. Um, so maybe it's a member guest, you know, start with that. So you have a partner or somebody that you can lean on. Um, or something. I know that at Dairyfield, we have a large women's association and we have a bunch of tournaments um, year round, which is great. And it's not like people get scared of the title club championship or, you know, whatever it may be, but just play in a one day or something, but you gotta just, you gotta go for it. Cause if you, if you don't, then you're just going to always have the what ifs, um, you know, and then it's, once you get that first tournament under your belt, you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, maybe you stink, maybe you do well, but you always have something to build off of. Um, so I just say, go for it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good advice. How do you, approach your game so as we get into you know where our season's starting up here you've got x amount of time to be spending on your own personal game how do you approach that time from a practice perspective a playing practice rounds perspective when you are practicing how deliberate are you about what it is that you're that you're focusing on so the new thing that i'm kind of doing this year which i've read in a book um everyone's like, Oh, go to the range. Okay. So what's your purpose on the range? Are you there? 
with a large bucket of balls and just slamming them down the range. Um, you know, that's, what's that doing for you? Nothing. Um, so I've read in this book, um, whatever tournament you have coming up next, go to the range and play the first five holes. So the first club you pull out of your bag is your driver. And then however you hit it in the range, you know, maybe you're going to have a 150 yards in, grab your 150 club and then, you know, do the second hole. Um, but you want to do your pre-shot routine. So do this all on the range, you know, set your ball up in the tee, get behind, whatever you do. Um, every shot, you should always, always, always do your pre-shot routine. Um, that's like a big muscle memory thing and a mental thing. Um, so that's what I've started doing this year. And I practice, I go to the range one day a week. Um, I play every Saturday and Sunday. Um, but you know, work unfortunately gets in the way. <laughs> so I try, I work till four o'clock most days. So, um, I try to get over the range on one day, but the weather hasn't really been that great this, uh, spring. Um, no, this has and- been a, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm sure New Hampshire golfers say this every April, but it just has been cold and very windy. It seems. Yeah. The wind is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. I don't mind if it's cool out, but when you have the wind on top of that, I just can't bear it. And I, I swore up and down that my senior year of college, when I walked off the 18th green in my last collegiate tournament, I looked at my mother and I said, I am never playing golf again, unless it's 75 and sunny. Because <laughs> I had to play in every weather and it was miserable. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so just have a purpose when you practice, um, you know, and if you are working on your short game, um, don't just go over there and just chip a bunch of balls, like chip a ball, bring your putter, try to get up and down, tell yourself, all right, I'll leave when I get up and down 10 times out of 12 or 10 out of 15, depending on where you are with your game, but just always have a purpose. Yeah. What, um, you've mentioned your long off the tee, describe your game. What's some of the strengths of your game and where are you putting in extra effort to improve? Yeah. So, um, I do hit the ball, um, pretty far off the tee, which is great. Um, because I'm actually playing in a tournament in May down in Texas. Um, it's the amateur golf Alliance women's amateur. It's at the um, Texas Rangers golf course, which is the only MLB golf course in the United States. Um, but they play the course at like 6,6200 yards. So it's long. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely a benefit to me. Um, so, but I really need to work on like my long irons. Um, and it's kind of tough because I play at the dairy field, dairy field's a short course. Um, so I need to like really <laughs> start preparing myself for Texas Um, but I'm always, I'm always trying to work on my short game. Um, like I played golf yesterday and I had no, I had all two putts and one putts and I was like elated because it's like the worst thing in the world to me is a three putt. There's no reason why. Um, (laughs) so always working on that short game, you know, chipping and putting. If you only have 10 minutes, just go chip and putt. As you look at your tournament schedule for this year, um, beyond New Hampshire tournaments, beyond the state am, the mid am. Are there other USGA tournaments that you have on your calendar that you're hoping to play in? So the one that I played in last year, the uh, Mid-Am is in September. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to play in it this year, just with my, the new team and everything. I don't know if we'll have a tournament that week. Um, I probably shouldn't abandon them my first year. (laughs) So that's why I'm actually playing in this tournament in uh, next month in Texas. Um, It's the same group of ladies. So the same competition, um, just with a different organization. Um, and this one, you don't have to qualify for either. Well, you had to like fill out an application and they either accepted you or not, but you had to like send in a golf resume and whatnot. And they did accept me, which is great. Um, but still playing with, you know, some of the best players, um, in the country, which is great. Um, but I'll be playing in the new Englands as well, which is 
you know, all the New England states this year, it's in Vermont. Um, and that is, I believe, at the end of June. Um, and then the state am and the mid am. Those are my, my four big ones. Yep. Great. Let's do a little section on sort of what's in the bag. Um, walk me through what's currently in your bag. Uh, are you brand loyal? How you approach? How often you're changing out equipment and getting fitted? And, and what are you playing right now? Yeah. So um, this is like going to be really funny because I'm probably going to misquote myself. Um, everyone's always <laughs> like, you're such a good golfer and you have no idea what you're doing with clubs. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Like, I literally have a note on my phone that tells me I have these uh um, I've got these shafts, <laughs> um, but I do have the, I got a tailor-made, um, SIM driver that I got brand new last year. So I'm going on two years of that. I'll probably keep it for maybe another year, but I usually do this, the amount of golf that I play. Um, I usually keep a driver for two, three years max. Yep. Um, and then I have this tailor-made seven nineties. Um, I got those three years ago. I got those in 2020. So this will be, yeah, this will be my third year playing them. Um, and then I have tailor-made, no, I have Titleist wedges and then I have a Scotty Cameron putter and I have a Callaway seven wood, which I absolutely love. Okay. This gets <laughs> me excited. It, I read that somewhere and I was going to ask you about the seven wood. Now I have the same seven wood as you do. I, it's like my favorite club in the bag. I got it last year and my friends rib me constantly <laughs> about the seven wood but like yesterday, Patrick Cantley's busting seven wood and you see it more and more. So I'm delighted to hear that you've got a seven wood in the bag. Yeah. So I was looking last year, I was looking for a club. I was kind of, I have a four iron, it's my lowest iron. And I hit it about like 190. And then I had these two woods, but I didn't like them. And I think they were Cobras or something. And I was like, I need something that is like 210, 215 that I can get like up in the air. And um, actually one of the girls that um, junior girls, her dad is a Callaway rep. So he's always like trying to, he's like, you know, you should really go get fitted for Callaway irons. <laughs> but he was like, he had a fitting at Concord country club and I drove up there and I tried the seven wood and I was like, it was, I was missling it down the range and it was the height. I loved it. And it's like, it, it just drops. So it's not yeah. like you're it's rolling. And I was like, this is perfect. So I got it. And I like, absolutely love it. And I will rep the seven wood. Yeah. <laughs> proudly. Nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, and what, what do you play for a ball? Um, so I play TaylorMade TP5s. Um, they're very similar to um, Titleist Pro V1s. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I kind of switch off and on in those. Depends yeah. on what the pro shop has, but um, either one you, of those. How do you mark your ball? So if you're looking at it and it says um, like TaylorMade to the left of the T, I put a little circle dot. And then at the end next to the E, I put another little dot and I do it on both sides. What, what color marker? Uh, depends. I actually okay. have like nine <laughs> markers in my <laughs> golf bag. So it depends on, you know, I'm a girl. So sometimes I want to match my outfit. Um, <laughs> so we could be doing purple, red. Um, but I also have St. A's logoed golf balls. So that's another marker too. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, all right. This next section I call gimmies. So these are, should be short, easy questions, but sometimes, as you know, gimmies can be tricky. Um okay. First one, favorite course in New Hampshire? North Conway Country Club. All right. Favorite club in your bag? Seven Wood. Oh, love <laughs> it. Um, this is multiple choice. Your favorite shot. You got three choices. Just an absolutely smoked driver, a flushed mid iron, like a six iron, or draining a long 20-foot putt. Draining the putt. Yeah. <laughs> 
doesn't um, matter if it's for double bogeys. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, favorite PGA and or LPGA player? I'm going to go with Tiger Woods. I just love him. Yeah. Everything he a, brought to the game. And then, never mind. Make the yeah. cut this year at the Masters. Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah. we have the same initials, so I can wear all of his. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is there a course anywhere that's on your bucket list that you've not yet played that you really want to play? Pebble Beach. I will pay the $600. <laughs> I got to play Pebble. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that, I've not played there. That's That's definitely on my bucket list, too. How would you characterize the current quality of competition for amongst women golfers right now in New Hampshire? Um, so we do have a good group of um, juniors that are really good players. Actually, Lauren Thibodeau, um, you've probably heard of her name. Uh, yep. She plays Division One golf at Louisville, and uh, I love it when she comes back. Um, I battled her back down to the 18th hole last year at the stadium, and she beat me by two, but... Uh, I, you know, I, I love that. I love the competition. Um, but as far as New Hampshire goes, um, you know, we definitely, we have some good players. Um, Dana Harity, another name. Um, she's won, gosh, like all of the stadiums. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, uh, that's why I kind of go out of the state and play other tournaments just because there's more competition. And I love playing in tournaments that have like a stacked field. Um, it's just the competition drives me. So good. Um, and my last question is really the big one. I think a lot of golfers ask themselves throughout the season, um, which is why, why do you love the game of golf so much? What is it about this game for you that keeps driving you and keeps you coming back? Uh, I got like a tie for that. Um, so I have gone all over the U S to play. Um, it's taken me places I don't think I normally would go. I would never hop on a plane and be like, I'm going to go to Ohio or New Mexico. Um, but I've played in a couple USGA events uh, that I've been lucky enough to to travel across the US and see different places of the country that I might not see. And then to piggyback that, I've met so many amazing people, um, which have brought me so many opportunities that, you know, I, if I didn't play the game of golf, I don't even know what I would be doing right now. Um, so it's just meeting new people and I'm like a super outgoing, friendly person. So it's, you know, if you're paired with me in a, in a tournament, um, I'm not going to talk your ear off, but I'm probably going to know where you were born and, and what your <laughs> hobbies are by the end of the day, because I just, you know, I love meeting people and, and making new friends and, you know, you meet those people and then they invite you to your, their course. And then you just, you play all these amazing courses all around the country. And it's just, I've been very fortunate in that. So that's what I think I love most about the game. I love it. I love that. Well, thank you, Tara. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate your time. It was great talking with you and I appreciate you coming on the show and I wish you all the best this year in your golf tournaments. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and go low.